you know, like Romans, and move forward a little bit, and you will come to the book of Ephesians. It's not a big book. I'm very happy for each and every one that's here. Wish that I did some hablo espanol, but I'm muy poquito, so lo siento mucho. So I'm going to have to work with my second language that I don't speak very well, and that's English. Um, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and if you'll take a look with me at verse 8. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I want to work for a little bit today on being captured by Jesus and trying to capture Jesus. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Just a few pages over, you'll come to the book of Philippians. Now let me tell you where we got these insights from. Right in the Word of God, chapter and verse, there are 66 books in the Bible, 1,189 chapters, close to 800,000 words in the King James Version. And um, as you look at the Word of God, in the New Testament, for an example, we begin with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you come, those are the four accounts of the one gospel. And these four accounts are going to give to you a little bit of insight, a uh, snapshot, you might say, of the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ, that is the flesh, and then that actual birth, of that flesh, and then how about his public ministry, he went, and then the scripture begins to show you his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and then ascension on high. These are basically, in outlaw, outline form, uh, what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John will give to us. You have four different men that the Spirit of the Lord spoke through, and they wrote what God inspired them to write. Then you come to the next book, the fifth book of the New Testament, which is the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is a history of the church that Jesus gave birth to, the church that he started. That's the one we really should be interested in. Everything else has been started by men or women. We want to uh, get what Jesus started. We want to go right back to that, and that's, where you, that's what you find in the Bible. And as he first gave birth to the church that would represent him to all the known world and sent them forth to do just that, then that's the book of Acts. It's considered to be the Acts of the Apostles, but it really is the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the Apostles and the believers, the church, the body of Christ. And that, as you read the book of Acts, you will read how the church was given birth to in Acts chapter 1 and 2, 2 in particular. And for the rest, 
of the uh, book of Acts, which will be chapter 3 through 28, you will read about the church going forth into all the known world, bringing the message that Jesus gave to them in the beginning, how they brought it to everybody everywhere. There is no amen at the end of the book of Acts because the church continues on. Hence, we are right here right now this morning. And God has his church all over the earth, most every place. As a matter of fact, one of the end time signs, Matthew 24 tells us that when this gospel of the kingdom has been preached as a witness to all nations, then shall the end come. So we're right on the uh, cusp of that. We're right there, right on the edge or the border of that taking place. This is a local representation here in Belglade of this great church and truth that Jesus gave and started and birthed. It is by no means the only representation, but there is only one church or one body of Christ. This is a church house, keeps us out of the hot sun and the bugs, and the air conditioning is very nice. Thank God it's working this morning. You never know with that. But uh, you can mostly expect it to stop right when you're going to be having church or something special. It's kind of famous for that or infamous for that. But um, thankfully it's working, and that's what a church house is. But the church is made up of people. Okay, The church is made up of people who obey the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they believe on him as the Scripture tells them to, instructs them to. And all Scripture is given by the Spirit of the Lord, and it's profitable unto all of us. It will instruct us in the right ways of God. It brings to us the salvation that belongs to God, that he is trying to give to every man, woman, boy, and girl all over the earth this very morning. From the book of Acts, you then come to the book of Romans, commonly referred to as an epistle, as is the rest through Jude. And then the very last book is Revelation. Romans through Jude are letters or epistles, or actually they are messages that were sent to congregations just like this in different cities where the original church had gone and they had established a new work. They had reached people. Maybe one person would be reached, and that one person would bring others of their family, and those people would bring others, and each one of them would obey what the Bible says, They would, which pertaining particular to salvation. And that is they would then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they would then receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And that placed them in the body of Christ known as the church. And in that local place like Rome or like Ephesians or Galatia or some other city, uh, these people became the congregation in that city that believed the truth and became a part of the church or the body of Christ. And as they begin to reach more people, then people were sent to other cities and other countries and would bring the message, the truth, to people, other people of different languages and different nationalities and different backgrounds. The church that Jesus gave birth to is for everybody, every nation, every country, every language, every background, every skin color. Makes no difference whatsoever. This gospel is the whole gospel to the whole world. 
gives to everybody. Jesus told us to go and preach this to the whole world. Preach it to every living creature and baptize them in the name. And the name is Jesus Christ. And grant them, God grant them to receive the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. So we're looking then as the church went forth and they came to a place called Philippi and these people were called Philippians. And a church was established there, a congregation. And here the Apostle Paul is teaching them. What you want to remember is that Romans through the end of the Bible, is through Revelation in other words, is teaching to the body of Christ, teaching to the church. Now that you've repented of your sins, now that you've been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and now that you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, now that you are now a part of the body of Christ, he is telling them and teaching them here, as we read to you, uh, I meant to say in, in, uh, Philipp in Ephesians 4 and 8, what we read, that he, when he ascended on high, when Jesus, that is the flesh, had died on the cross because the spirit in the flesh withdrew from that body, that tabernacle, and ascended, uh, went out of him, the flesh died, then three days later the spirit re-entered that flesh and he arose again from the dead. And then in that body now of flesh that has been changed, it has been glorified, that he has now ascended up into the heavens, okay, and into heaven itself. And so in doing that, it said that when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. In other words, those that had been taken by sin, and the Bible said all have sinned, and all have fallen short of the glory of the Spirit, or of God, in other words, because God is a Spirit, okay? And this Spirit of the living God chose to show himself visibly in the flesh of the man Christ Jesus pronounced the Son, the Son of the Spirit, because the Spirit is what spoke the word, and that's where that flesh came from. Spoke the word over Mary, Mary brought forth the flesh. And it was later that she and Joseph had other children. But up to that time, she had this babe, Christ Jesus, by the spoken word of the Spirit. Just as he said, let there be light, and there was light, so he said, let there be conception, and there was conception. And that which was conceived in her was of his Holy Spirit. Mary was a normal woman, a healthy woman, married to a man named Joseph, and they had other children. They became, the, of course, the brothers and the sisters of Jesus, the Christ, who was helped his, as was supposed, father Joseph, helped him uh, in the field of carpentry and did many other such things until the day of his showing to that part of the world known as Israel. And that's when we read and read in those four accounts of the one gospel, we read all about the great things that he did in the days of his flesh, in the earthly ministry. That's why the man, the son, said, the works that I do, they're not mine, but my Father which dwelleth within me, because in him dwell the fullness of the Spirit bodily. The very God who is a Spirit dwelled in that fleshly tabernacle. That's what died on the cross, the body. God can't die. God's a Spirit. He withdrew from the body, left it on the cross. They took it down. They prepared it for burial. They buried it. 
Three days later, that same spirit, God, re-entered that body, raised it up, and showed him alive with many infallible proofs. And when the time came that he had took him up to heaven, it's important that you understand that there is but one God, and he has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. He chose to reveal that name and said that's the name of the whole family in heaven or in earth. All right? So you want to understand that gives to you a great meaning as to why you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now we have a couple little babies right here on the third row, and they're so sweet, and we dedicated those babies to the Lord. And because the Bible teaches us that we can dedicate a baby to the Lord. Uh, we don't baptize babies because, you know, I know they give their mothers a fit once in a while, but... They don't know anything about sin, these little babies, and they don't know anything about salvation. They don't know anything. Got another one back there with Franchette. We don't, they don't know anything about repentance. They don't know about sin. They're ignorant of those things as they're just little babies. But there will come a time. The Bible does not teach a certain age, but it does teach us that there must be a knowledge of right and wrong. There must be a comprehension, and that child come to a point to where that child can tell God, I'm sorry, and I, I, I want to be forgiven of my sins. And, and that's when that child can be then baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Anything before that, as a babe, you might want to consider that some form of a dedication unto God. Baptism is by full immersion. That's what the word literally means, baptism. It means to be immersed. It means to be fully dipped under the water, okay? And so it's important because the, Bi the Bible teaches that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And the death is that he died on the cross, that is the flesh, died on the cross. He was the sacrifice. He was the lamb of the Spirit. The Spirit provided that flesh as a sacrifice, as the lamb. And so he was then crucified on the cross, shedding the blood of the lamb or the sacrifice. And when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are washed in his blood. And it's through the blood that your sins are forgiven. Now you can come and tell me that you've been a bad little boy or a bad little girl, and I'm going to give you good instruction from God's word to repent of your sins. I will tell you that Jesus died on the cross, that is the flesh, died on the cross for you and for your sins. He made a way. And that you now must die, but not to, like he did, you must die to your flesh or to the things you want to do that make you a bad little girl or a bad little boy or a bad man or a bad woman, meaning a sinful person. We're of all sin. We've all done it wrong. In this flesh, dwells no good thing. It is prone, it leans, it goes the path of least resistance towards sin. So we get to a place where we can be taught that we need to repent. We need to die to our sin. We need to stop doing the wrong thing. Okay? We need to, if you're a drunk, then you quit drinking. You hear me? If you're a dope addict, then you quit doing the dope. You repent of it, you, and you do it with God's help. And there are many other sins and things that 
uh, mess up our lives and capture us. It captures our attention, gets our mind, and we think, ooh, I want to be like that. I want to do that. And we get ourselves in a big mess. Everybody said amen? amen? Okay. Now, I wasn't always a preacher, you know. So I know what it's like to be captured by sin, by the enemy, the devil. I know what it's like to, to be, a, be in bondage. And But Jesus, the Bible said now, he led captivity captive. He comes to take those. And the Bible said to the anointing that was upon him was to set the captive free. He comes to lead captivity captive. He comes to capture you and take you out of captivity and take you in the right direction. And so he led captivity captive. And then the Bible said he gave gifts unto men. And that is none other, first and foremost, but the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of his Holy Spirit. That's why one of the reasons why he died on the cross was that he might get this gift to give to us as human beings, that when we would repent of our sins, die to the flesh, we would have, we would believe in the death and then the burial. The Bible said we're buried with Jesus Christ in water baptism. And once we come up out of the water of baptism, then the Bible said the heavens are opened over us. And that's when we can believe in the resurrection by receiving the spirit of the resurrection. And that is the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Spanish, Espíritu Santo. That's about my limit. Okay, give God a big hand. All right. My hope is that you lovely people speak English. That's my hope. Because I don't speak much Spanish. But we do have folks here that do. And if you'll grace us with your presence again, we will set you in another room and give you total Spanish, if that's your desire. And uh, if you speak Creole, we have people that will take you in another room and teach the Bible to you in Creole. We want to give it to you in whatever language you understand the best, okay? And, and you're the most comfortable. But this morning, you're stuck with me in English. Okay. God bless you. So I want to read to you from the epistle, the letter, the message known as Philippians, the book of Philippians. And this is chapter 3. And this is Paul the Apostle once again. And he is explaining to them in verse 12 of chapter 3. Okay? And in, uh, let me see, capitulo 3, articulo 12. I'm trying, I'm trying here. Well, you're really challenging me this morning. said, uh, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after. This is the Apostle Paul teaching now. He said, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He's saying that I may capture and make it my own. That's what he's saying. That I may apprehend it, that I may capture it, that I may grab it that I may make it my own. Okay? Now listen. He said, he goes on to say in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm not saying I've captured it, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Now that can begin with you going towards that first Bible step, that baby step, if you please, that I will repent of my sins. 
You can come and tell me you're sorry about things, but you've got to be, you've got to talk to God, and you've got to tell Him that you are sorry. Confession should be made to God. He knows you better than anybody else. He knows your heart. I'm not talking about your pump down here. I'm talking about this, your mind, the seat of your, your thoughts, the place of your intelligence and your emotions. So when you get so mad and you have hatred, he reads that emotion. He knows all of these things about us. And you tell him about those things. You tell him how that you were filled with hatred or pride or quarreling uh, or, or vengeance, many different lusts, many different things. You can tell him. You can repent of that. You begin to try to get a hold of what has got a hold of you. Why am I wanting to tell God I'm sorry? Because God's reaching for you. He's trying to get a hold of you. He's trying to pull you in close to him. Everybody said amen. amen. Well, let's give God another big hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come right in. All right. We have a beautiful third pew here that would like to be occupied by some wonderful people. All right. God love your heart. Come right in. You're so welcome here. So now that we've covered Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we've covered from Romans to Revelation, and giving you a little understanding of how we got those, those books, and then you're hearing the Apostle Paul tell you that, uh, listen again, he says, not as, this is Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, verses 12 and 13, he said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or complete, but I follow after. Now, you think about it, this is the Apostle Paul saying this, so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit inferior to him. So if he's trying to get this, you know, now he's baptized in Jesus' name. He's filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, this Apostle Paul, who at one time was a sinner, who at one time said he was the cheapest of sinners, that he fought against the truth, he fought against the church, and that he, he proclaimed himself as a pattern set forth by Jesus Christ because he said he was the cheapest of the sinners, that if God could save him, and he certainly saved anybody else. That's what he was saying. And so this man now is saying, and, and as he taught, he taught kings, he taught governors, he taught everybody everywhere, and wrote over 50, was inspired to write over 50% of the New Testament, at least if you count Hebrews. I don't know if we're going to do that or not. But um, that's a little up in the air for debate. But uh, who, nobody wants to debate because that's found between murder and deceit in the Bible. So we'll just go ahead and believe it's there. God inspired it, whoever God used to write it. But the point is he wrote a large portion and was inspired to write a large portion of the New Testament and did a lot of good teaching. And this man, Apostle Paul, is telling you, now that I'm baptized in Jesus' name, now that I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he's saying, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or complete. He said, but I follow after. Now, if you want to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. And so he's following after. Didn't he say in one place, he said, you want to follow me? He said, you do it as I follow him. All right. So he said, I'm not telling you that I'm perfect. He said, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that. That. 
for which also I am apprehended. I want to capture that which has captured me. There is an account in, I believe it's Mark chapter 6, and also uh, the book of Luke chapter 8, about a, a woman who had a particular problem. Everybody's got their individual situation. The Bible honed in on this one in particular one, and she had done, been everywhere and tried everything, and nothing, make, nothing made things better. It only made things worse. But one day, a faithful person or group of people got the message to her about Jesus. And this woman begins to hear that Jesus is in the area. And in going to get to him, she finds out that there's a great multitude of people. The Bible uses the word press. And it meant there was so many, everybody was just like sardines. They were just all scrunched together. Would remind you of another place where they tried to bring somebody that was sick into the house where Jesus was, and they couldn't get him in. So they called uh, Hop and, and Chuck, and they went up on the roof, and they tore the roof up and let him down through on ropes on a bed. But my point is the place was so full. Well, this woman found everything so full and so multitude and without number of people pressed together. And she had to make her way through the press, through the multitude, through the crowd to get to him. You'd be surprised how many things you're going to have to go through to get to him. There's going to be family members that don't like it, that you're baptized or going to be baptized in the way the Bible teaches, in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's the only Bible examples we have, is they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't have any other examples of anything else ever taking place, any other thing pronounced over people, but in the name of Jesus Christ. And then, <clears throat> going on, as Jesus gave us the example, by the way, in the days of his flesh, he was baptized. You know that. He came to John the baptizer. And he said, I've come to be baptized of you. And John said, oh, wait a minute, I need you to baptize me. And Jesus very nicely told him to quiet down. And, uh, you know, just time for you to do what I say and be a good example. He said, because I need to be a good example. I need to show everybody that I'm not going to tell them to do something and not do it myself. And so he said, I have to be an example of righteousness, the right way of doing it in the Spirit's eyes. And so Jesus, when he was baptized, came straightway up out of the water. Got to get in it to get out of it. And then the heavens were opened over him. And the Spirit descended in the form of a dove, a sign to John that this is truly the Christ. You got the right one. You've got the right fish in the water here. And so you want to see that example because being baptized in water, Jesus said you must be born again of water. And then the Spirit descended upon him like a dove you must be born again of the Spirit, he said. That's the new birth, without which you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. kingdom of God doth not come with observation, the Bible said, but lo, it is within you. He sends forth his Spirit into a believing heart, crying, speaking, confessing, Abba, Father. People want to go to an epistle, to a message that was written to people that already had the experience, and teaching them 102, not 101. 101 was what we got initially. Now we're going to go to a little deeper teaching, so we have Romans to Revelation. Teaching the already saved a little bit more about what you got so you can teach others, and so that you can be rooted and grounded and settled in the church, that you won't be fly-by-night 
that you won't be unstable, okay, as water, one place said, but that you'll have stability in you. This whole place around the lake is unstable as water because it is water. It is water. Muck is basically water. It just has no compactability whatsoever. You can go out there in some places and you can dig a, a, a long trench and call it a footer and you can put in steel and you can pour concrete and you've got a footer and you can build a house on that. You can put blocks on that. You can put the weight of a roof on top of that and so on and so forth. But you can't do that here in the glades around the muck because the muck has no compactability. You've got to dig it out completely and backfill with some good, solid, compactable soil, or you've got to drive pilings down to the rock. And you know I could preach that right now. But Jesus is the rock, right? You ought to get your life on the rock. You don't want to build on the sandy land. You don't want to build your life on man-made religion. You don't want to build your life on what people say. You've got to make your way through the press. You've got to get through the crowd of things that are going to crowd your mind. And, and people are going to bring all kinds of opposition. The devil is going to make sure he sends every Tom, Dick, and Harry and double first cousin by you and try to dissuade you from living for God according to the truth. Religion? The devil don't care. He'll, he doesn't care what you choose in the brand of religion because religion is just man's vain attempt to find God on his own terms. That's all it is. You need salvation, and that belongs to God. That comes from God. That's what your Bible says. We had some people here not too long ago, and they said that they didn't believe that baptism was essential, so it was no big deal to them. Baptism's not necessary. And, of course, we said, well, gee, um, here we have an example of Jesus being baptized, an example of righteousness. Plus, we have Jesus telling us in Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So I said, I guess for y'all, it's he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. Is that how that goes? And the girl looked up and she said, yeah, that's pretty much how we believe it. Well, you know, that's the devil, isn't it? Because... When Adam and Eve were in the garden, uh, it was what we call the knot in the devil's tail. When the devil said that, uh, have, he said, have, he questioned it. He said, as God said, thou shalt surely die. She said, thou shalt surely not die. And so now we have somebody telling us and putting that word in there again. When Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And here comes somebody along with their denomination, sat right in our congregation, and said, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. Sound like the, the tale of the devil to me. You know? So you want to stay with the word of God. Then you can put your finger on it and you can say, This is why I believe what I believe. Okay? If you want to believe in your heart, you do that. And when you do, then the Lord's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's going to send forth his spirit, the Bible said, into your heart. And if you then want to confess, that's what we want you to do, then His Spirit is going to speak through you, just like they did in Acts chapter 2 and other chapters, and you begin to confess the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a human experience. It's not you doing something on your own and reducing it down to something mechanical. We're talking about the work of the Spirit. We're talking about Him ascending on high, leading captivity captive. We're talking about Him taking a whole bunch of folks out of the prison of sin and leading them heavenward. 
Amen. Amen. So the Apostle Paul is now saying, he said, I'm following after this. This isn't something you, you know, show up once in a while. This isn't something that you do superficially. The Bible tells you about that, right? Tells you about people that the seed, the word of God, just got on the top side of the soil, and it wasn't long that the buzzards of hell came along and snatched it away. The word of God's gone out of their heart, and they've drifted away, and they're right back out there doing the same old things they've always done. This is not to be superficial, even to the point that the Bible said the next case, if the seed goes down, but it gets among the rocks, and it doesn't get much depth of earth, it doesn't get down deep enough, that the sun will come up, a burning heat, and it will begin to scorch whatever plant is trying to make it, and it begins to wither away and die. And so we don't want that kind of heart either, or that kind of religious experience. We want to get a little bit better in what we're doing with God. And Paul said, I'm following after here. And you've got to follow after because the third case said that the seed fell among the thorns. And he, he told us that that was the cares of this life, things that you wind up caring about, things that you, your mind is always worried about and involved with and distracted with. And he said it's also the deceitfulness of sin. You know, sin is very deceitful. Thou shalt surely not have it. Questioning what God said, contradicting what God said, overlooking it, and running away from it, denying it in your mind. When he said it right here, plain and simple, made it for everybody. This is the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. This is not complicated. This is the simplicity. It takes an honest heart, though, and that's what the fourth case was. The seed, the word of God, fell on an honest and a good heart. Somebody that was going to say, okay, this, there it is right there. I see it. I'm going to do what it says. And that honest and good heart, it begins to bring forth fruit, fruit unto eternal life, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. It's not doing the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, partying, clubbing. It's not doing those things. Okay? because it's been delivered. You get the Holy Ghost, you get baptized in Jesus' name, the things you once did, you don't want to do those things anymore. And, and, and old things pass away. If you're, if you're claiming to be in Christ Jesus, then the old things, the old habits, the old nature, that passes away. And behold, all things become new. There's a new person walking in those shoes you're wearing. You become brand new in Christ Jesus. You have a new heart filled with desire. Paul said, but this one thing I follow after. Well, David said in Psalm 27 and 4, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. Well, I guess Paul was drawn on that. He said, this is the thing I'm chasing. I was captured by this. It got my heart. It got my attention. It got my mind. I want this, and I'm going to follow after it. I don't want it just on the surface. I don't want to be pulled back and choked by the deceit of sin. Find myself living the same old nasty lifestyle after I, what did the Bible say, like the sow that was washed, the pig, in other words, that was washed, and he said <coughs> it goes back to its watering in the mire. I don't want to be that. I, want to, I don't want to forget what God has done. I want to, I want to get this, and I want to, it captures me, and I want to capture it. You know, if the Lord's going to hug me, I want to reach around and hug him right back. How's that? Everybody said amen? amen. All right. So he's saying, he's saying here in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have captured, but this one thing I do, 
He said, forgetting those things which are behind. I want to forget my ugly past. You let the past bury its dead. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins, the Bible said, are completely forgiven, fully pardoned, sent away, and remembered no more. How about that? Said he'd send him as far apart as the east is from the west. Why don't you just come up, Sister Williams, and then you can kind of move yourself out of the way. Because I think I'm running into overtime here. So listen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or to have captured, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press toward the mark, the bullseye. I press toward the mark for the prize of the calling which is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> everybody said amen. amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is, um, it becomes your one goal. It becomes your one aspiration. It becomes the one thing that the psalmist said, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. He said, I want to be in God's house. I want to be in the church. I want to be in the body of Christ. I want to be in heaven one day, you know. I don't want to be messing around with the works of the flesh. I don't want to be involved in the way things are done down here. People doing all kinds of wrong things, and then they want to claim Jesus, you know. Well, that's not the Jesus that this Bible teaches, okay. We're putting those things behind us. We're putting the flesh behind us. We're putting the sins of the flesh behind us. That sinful lifestyle, that sinful nature is to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ. All your sins forgiven. And then we're going to press on for the prize, for the bullseye of Christ Jesus. And everybody said amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing and worship the Lord. God bless you. <coughs> Before. I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to jump a little higher than before. I got to shout a little louder than before.
Right. Oh.